I remember those songs, uh, that song in particular, and then um, the other the other two songs that we sang, um, those good old camp meeting days, and uh, the music that was involved with those songs, and the the excitement uh, behind the singing of those songs, uh, something I believe that in our modern day of today we have seemed to have lost our zeal, our excitement for um, that place that has been prepared not by the hands of man but by the hands of God and how we long and look forward to that glorious day of being able to be in the very presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I have three different scriptures this morning that I wanted to share with you as we look. Can you believe that we're already, and all well, within just a few hours, really, of 2024? Um, my gracious, how the year has has just flown uh, by, and and those years seem to fly by quicker, right? Uh, I had a conversation, I believe, even here with a few before, but even this week I was talking with, with someone and we had talked about how in our younger day everybody said, well, you need to enjoy these days because uh, the older you get, the quicker those birthdays come around. And And I said, you know how true that is because when I was a kid, an hour seemed like eternity and now an hour is like a few minutes, right? And here we are in 2024 almost. But I thought about this new year and and how we have the greetings of these seasons, the countless uh, cards that one may receive uh, through the mail and all of the the greetings and the um, outlet stores that one may go to and uh, wishing, uh, of course, we had Christmas last week, and now we have New Year's this week, and the celebrations that have been taking place. And then I thought the New Year really isn't new at all, is it? For a lot of people, thousands will shout Happy New Year at the strike of that midnight hour, but yet they will awaken to the same old burdens as before. Instead of Happy New Year for many, it will be the, a, a terrible hangover. It will be uh, uh, just uh, uh, looking over it and seeing countless things that's going on that has gone on for the past year, maybe even past years. It's the same old thing. There is no magic at that hour of midnight that, that suddenly ushers in this utopia where everything is going to be all right. All the things of the past are gone. But yet we wake up to the same old, same old. What makes the new year happy? For a child of God, we we have some things that we know a new year brings into a new year of excitement. As we think about the future of, of the church, the future of our ministry, the future of maybe our Sunday school classes, whatever the case may be. We think about these new years, and that makes us happy. We think about our families. We, we think about maybe a, a new job, maybe a new car, maybe a new home, whatever the case may be. Those thoughts make us happy. But I thought about for a Christian. You know, Christians are a, uh, a different set of, of people, if you will. What we view as happy, the world certainly doesn't see us as happy, right? 
Um, the world sees a new car, maybe the most expensive one. I saw something on an advertisement uh, this week of a car cost like $230,000. Like, who, who makes that kind of money to pay for a car like that? Certainly not me, right? But that's the happiness in our world. You have the biggest home. I saw a home that was like 13 bedrooms, seven and a half baths. And I'm like, my Lord, I don't even like cleaning the apartment that I have. You know, that's the world. That's the happiness because bigger is better. Newer is better. Name brand is better. That's the new year. But for a Christian, I want to think about three things this morning. And we're going to look at three different sets of, of uh, scripture And so I'll go ahead and open us with a word of prayer. The first scripture will be found in John chapter 3, if you want to be finding your way there. John 3, and then in Romans chapter 6. But let's open with a word of prayer. Father, we are so thankful, God, that as Christians we, we have excitement within our hearts of knowing that a new year is upon us, Lord, and we know that we have a whole nother year of of ministry and being able to spread a gospel to a lost and dying world. Help us uh, to be that very light. And Lord, as we look at your word this morning, we pray that you would speak to our hearts and Lord, that you would revive our hearts. Lord, help us to have the zeal and excitement of spreading your gospel to the world. Lord, perhaps there is one that's listening either here in our midst this morning or by way of the internet we pray god that you would convict their heart that they be saved likewise that one that maybe is not walking in your ways this morning or those that may be backslidden we pray you would convict them as well lord that they repent and return to you Father, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and the honor and glory for whatever it is that you do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. A new year. John writes in John chapter number 3. We'll look down in verse number 3. It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus was a man of religious character. This was a man who was taught uh, in the, the religious uh, ways of life of Pharisees but as you'll notice in this chapter it's interesting how this man of religion came to Christ and notice that the Bible is very specific um, that he came to Christ uh, by night how he was searching for something in this man uh, called Jesus and so he had a lot of questions obviously and Jesus answered and notice there it said on a couple of occasions where it says to uh, verily verily that means this is a very important statement that is about to follow here and this important statement is the necessity of the new birth necessity many people have dreamed of starting over again 
right? I've heard of families how, how they have hit what seems to be rock bottom and they have to, uh, I, I don't know the correct terminology, but they basically redo the, the loan on their house, their car, refinancing I think is what they call it, uh, to start over again, to start anew. And this is what Nicodemus was saying here and Jesus was telling him that every man must be born again. What is this baptism? What this new birth is is not, it's not a uh, baptism. It's not reformation. The new birth takes place upon receiving Christ as our Savior. You know, we can tread baptismal waters all day long. We can go through any ritual that we want to go through all day long. We can can go to any preacher or, or, or priest or whatever the case may be all day long. But until we have come to Jesus, we're still lost. We're still lost. So there's the new birth. And, and it's interesting how Nicodemus was so interested in this new birth and notice down in verse 7 of course Nicodemus is confused obviously how can a man when he is old how can he be born again and Jesus says that this this birth is not of of physical nature but of a spiritual nature and notice down in verse 7 how he repeats what he said he said marvel not that I said unto thee you must be born again a new year a new birth. That is something that we as Christians can be happy about. What did Paul have to say over in Romans uh, chapter 6? Not only is there the new birth, but there is also a new walk. A new walk. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14 For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Isn't that beautiful? Now, Nicodemus was under the law, John chapter 3. Nicodemus understood the law. He understood the religious law. He knew what it, what it meant. And then we find Paul over here. This is post-crucifixion, post-resurrection. We find Paul over here saying that, that you sin shall have no dominion over you, for you are not under that law, but you are under grace. There is no more miserable person than the believer who does not live right. There is not a more miserable individual, uh, someone who knows what is wrong and continues to do what is wrong. And, and so we have this, this battle that is continuously taking place, and this is what Paul is talking about. And he's saying that sin should not have uh, and cannot have, if we are under grace, this dominion over you. Let's contrast for a moment. This old walk and this new walk. In Galatians, Paul was writing to the church at Galatia. And we know uh, that the church at Galatia had a lot of, a lot of issues uh, with 
um, this intermingling of, of law and grace in their in their uh, beliefs and in the church, and they they were still trying to to hold on to those laws, and they were still trying to. Uh, they, there was a lot of other practices that was going on uh, in the early church as well. And then they also wanted to have this grace. They wanted they wanted the things of Christ and, and Christ uh, uh, in the church, but they also wanted to hold on to those old ways. Uh, those those sinful ways, those, the law, the 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 uh, the uh, witchcraft, all of those other things that was going on in the early church. And so Paul was writing to them in Galatians, and he was saying that there's a difference in the flesh and in the spirit, and that the flesh cannot have, or that the spirit can, has complete control over the flesh, if we will allow Christ to have complete control in our lives. In Ephesians, Paul was writing again to the church at Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 5, he talks about this walk before uh, Christ and this walk after Christ. And I would like to read that just real quickly, if I may, um, because it is a, a good passage that kind of uh, goes to the heart of what is being said here. Galatia, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and beginning in verse number 1, it says, But ye therefore, followers of God, as dear children, and walk in love as Christ has loved you, and has given himself uh, for us an offering of sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which uh, are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, uh, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things come the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them for you are sometimes uh, you were sometimes darkness but are now light in the lord walk as children of light for the fruit of the spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth proving what is acceptable unto the lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather reprove them for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are not or which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doeth make manifest is light. Wherefore he says, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. How fitting for today. As we go into this new year, uh, Paul is telling these Ephesians, hey, you know, don't be like these. And he lists all of these. And he says that this should not be among you. This should no longer be a part of you. He says, but you are to walk in the light. You are to be the light, that you are the, to reprove those who are continuously trying to live this sinful life. You are to exhort them, to teach them, to show them this better way. And notice as he comes down uh, to uh, verse uh, 15, 
in verse 16. I believe this would be a message to the church today. And I mean not just to us Baptist folk, but also to the church as a whole. All of our brothers and sisters uh, in Christ, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. This is the difference between day and night. And Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 13. Uh, to, to practice this new walk, we must uh, feed the new man. As Second Peter chapter 2 uh, tells us that we feed uh, on the word of God. And that's our nourishment for this walk of life. To practice the new walk, we must reckon ourselves dead with Christ and alive with Him. As we go into a new year, not only we have the new birth and a new walk, but turn over to Philippians, Philippians chapter 3. As we enter into a new year, maybe we should have some new goals. Now, I think it's safe to say, I think research will back this statement up. Now, I haven't done this research, so don't hold me to it, all right? Don't say the preacher said. I'm just letting you know. I think that research will back what I'm about to say up. So I'm going to go ahead and insert that disclaimer. I think, all right? I assume this. And I think it would be factually correct. How many times have we made New Year's resolutions and kept them? Not often, right? I would say there are far more people who do not keep them than do keep. I know I'm guilty. I will try. I, I've gotten to where I say I don't even, it's, it's not even a resolution. I'm going to try my best. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But we try these New Year's resolutions and we, we set goals and, and sometimes they are extravagant. You know, we all want to lose weight. We all want to be healthier we you know we, we may want to start a savings account whatever the case may be we have these goals in life the writer of philippians tells us of a new goal paul is speaking philippians chapter 3 look at verse 13 philippians 3 and 13 says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is a new goal I believe I can get behind. Let's forget those things of... The past. Notice it says there, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth onto those things which are before. His past goals, his um, our past goals, you know, all of these things. Uh, Paul is saying here that I, I'm forgetting those past sins, those past failures, maybe even those past victories, uh, although they. They may be important victories, but nonetheless, they are what? They are in the past. 
I remember my grandfather had a farm, and of course, growing up in in the um, backwoods of Lafayette County, um, Pontotoc, Lafayette, that whole little area there in Mississippi. Um, I wasn't a stranger to the farm. That's why I don't like farming today, right? I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, there was, uh, he would always have the plows, and we would have, you know, the tillers as we'd go through these rows. And, and of course, you know, I'm a, I'm an ADHD child, and I'm an ADHD adult too. But nonetheless, as a child, it's a little bit more, um, you know, there's so many things that can get your attention, right? And so I would be on the tiller or, or what have you. My brother would be on one. We'd be going down these rows. Of course, what do you do? The first thing you do is you want to look back, right? You want to make sure that everything looks like it's supposed to be looking. But what happens when you look back? You're, 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 it's a natural thing. Your arms, what? They go with you, right? And so as you're turning back, you're now going this way instead of going this way. And so how important it is for us to forget what is behind us as we need to move forward as he says there i forget those things which are behind reaching forth onto those things which are before i press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of god in christ jesus paul was willing to forget all that may hinder him in his life with christ And I think that would do us well as well. To forget anything that may hinder us, all of these uh, things that are in our lives, to let them go. And to press towards that prize. What is this prize that he is talking about? I believe he explains it later on where he says that I have finished my course. I finished my race. I have received that prize which is incorruptible. That is the prize that we as well seek for. We have a new goal since becoming a Christian. Does that goal have a priority in our life? Are we willing to forget the past in order to reach that goal? You know, sometimes it's someone had said, and um, I may mess it up, but it, oh, something along the lines of, you know, I can, I can forgive, but not forget. You know, I'm thankful that God does both. I'm thankful that God forgives and forgets. I'm thankful that He, as the Scripture says, casts our sins as far as the east is from the west to be remembered no more, covered by the blood of Christ. What a beautiful thing. Going into the new year knowing that we are saved. I forget the, the exact words of, of the, uh, the hymn, but it, it says, Saved, saved, how I love to proclaim it. Oh, what a message to proclaim. We all may not have some extravagant conversion story and we may not all have some horrific dark past that that Christ delivered us out of, but aren't you thankful this morning that regardless, we're saved. We're saved and we know that we have this prize to look forward to. We have this way of life to look forward to. And as we enter into a new year, what I began today, this is not the first Sunday of the new year, but 
but tomorrow's the new year, right? So, so we leave on a, a good note from church on Sunday and go right into the new year excited for what God is going to do. The awful results of neglecting this truth this morning. That if there is no new birth, then the soul is lost. If there is no new walk, then there is a testimony that is lost. And if there is no new goal, then the rewards are lost. How can we act? What are the results of acting on this truth? Paul teaches us that salvation brings separation. The Bible said to walk circumspectly, to to be a peculiar people. Now, I know some peculiar people, right? I think we all know some people that are peculiar. And that's okay. The Bible tells us as Christians to be a peculiar, not to be like the world, to be in the world, but not like the world. To walk peculiarly, to walk circumspectly. The separation and the dedication that we need to do that. And the joy that we have of living in the center of God's will. And so when that midnight hour, and there's a, there's a, there's a time, and I'm waiting for the Lord. I've been working on it for a, for a little while. But I'm waiting for the Lord to let me know when I can preach it. It's, it and I have, I have titled it the midnight hour. Have you realized how many things happen at the strike of midnight? Not only biblically, but even in, in our world, things that have happened. But I'm thankful as that clock strikes midnight tonight, if this world was to end, I'd still be happy. Amen? I'd enter into a new, new year, a new me, right? I'd put on the image of Christ, a new robe. Those are things that my grandmother would get excited about, knowing what awaits a child of God. And so this morning, I say to you that, that maybe are here or maybe that are listening by, by way of the internet, that if you do not know Christ today, Paul said today is the day of salvation. And what better way to bring in the new year as a born again Christian, knowing that I'm saved, I'm saved, how I love to proclaim. Amen. We'll extend a hymn of invitation. This is your opportunity this morning to do business with God. Perhaps it's salvation, maybe rededication, maybe uh, praying for those that are lost, praying for those in your family that, that you know do not know the Lord. Maybe it's just simply a personal matter in your life that you need to give to the Lord. Can I encourage you, as we close out 2023, to lay it at the altar and just leave it there. Uh, to leave your burdens there, to leave your, your concerns there, to leave your sin there, to leave your, your old sinful habits there, and let the Lord take care of it. Enter into the new year with a new spirit, a new heart, a, a, a heart of, of dedication to Christ, and be willing to be a servant for Him as we sing together. See you.
Jesus is calling the weary to 